To Hell with the Hot Dish represents the opinions and musings of three not overly intelligent pastors working to challenge a church long defined by a cliché casserole culture. The thoughts expressed here are their own and not necessarily the thoughts of any larger institution. So feel free to find your seat, stow all expectations for answers in the overhead compartment, and join us on this misguided adventure. This is To Hell with the Hot Dish. misguided adventure that we have affectionately titled To Hell with the Hot Dish. I am your very limitedly experienced host, Alex. Just one of them. I'm one of them, and let me just say, I don't know if we're up to snuff, but uh, I'm going to do my best, Alex, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm your overly confident host, Lauren, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. (laughs) And I am Kyle, the host that splits the difference between these two guys, from Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, I feel like you're just pat, you're just floating right there in the middle. I feel woefully inadequate, and let me just say, listener, I apologize. You know what? I apologize. <laughs> it's it's okay. We're trying. We're doing the best we can. Best I can, I guess. Just one of those days. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome at To Hell with the Hot Dish. We like to talk about faith, culture, the church, and we occasionally get on some tangents oh. too. That happens too. So this episode, <laughs> by popular demand, Scott <laughs> is called Tangents with uh, Lauren, Kyle, and myself. Hi, folks. Let's talk about baseball <laughs> cards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, what are we doing here? We're still on our Fruits of the Spirit uh, series. Man, there are a whole lot of yeah. fruits. Yeah, there's a lot of Fruit of the Spirit, which is a good Woo! thing. And uh, this week we are... All the way to the fruit of the spirit that is faithfulness. So we have covered love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and now faithfulness. It's a lot of fruit. Good thing fruit's good for you. Let's do it. Let's eat another heaping bowl of a fruit That's of right. spirit. I'm not going to lie. Faithfulness, that one can take on some pretty uh, different meanings. You know what I mean? I don't know which one we're talking about. We're talking about... That like uh, uh, maybe maybe I could call it sticktuitiveness. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> faith. I'm faithful to this. Like you know when there's a television program you really get into that when it starts it's really good and you tell everyone about it and by the time you get convinced people to be on it it's kind of turned into a crummy show <laughs> and then they're like why did you ask me to do this? I'm like it's gonna get better. I'm faithful <laughs> and you stick with it and sometimes it comes around and sometimes it just doesn't. That's what we're talking about. Stick to it. Hi, welcome to Tangents. Welcome to I'm Tangents. Alex. Here we are. Uh, Lauren, Kyle, am I? Uh, is that what I'm? Is that what faithfulness is? I think that's a stretch. No. Yes. Yes, and no. It's interesting because I think that's how it's often used. I mean, when we talk about True. someone being faithful, often we're referring to someone's loyalty or dependability. 
or ability to just continue to show up. You know, we talk about, man, isn't isn't Jim great? He's so faithful. He's always here. That, yeah. He shows up all the time. You know, you could call our podcast faithful. I mean, think about it, listeners. Every week around Tuesday or Wednesday, you open up your device and what do you find? But a well-produced, well-thought-out, succinct podcast called To Hell With A Hot Dish that's there waiting for you. And that's a sign of our faithfulness to you. You know, we, we keep producing it. This, this, I believe, will be episode 57. Pretty amazing. We're faithful, right? That is right? pretty impressive. We're faithful. <sighs> Old Faithful, the podcast. I think we're missing a key component of faithfulness, which would be faithfulness in God, right? Sure. I mean, I stick with that, the old, old God. Is that not an important yeah, part? That probably has something to do with it. <laughs> what's the word? I mean, what's the word we're using here, fellas? Okay. Well, we're getting off to a slow start, guys. I think we need to focus. Rev it up. We are talking about the fruits of the Spirit, so Galatians 5.22. And here, the Greek word that we have translated into faithfulness is pistis or pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S, which is also the root word that we, um, where we find faith. And so here in the fruits of the Spirit, we might read it or hear it uh, first as faithfulness, which we might think of as dependable or loyal. Right. But actually, if you look at the biblical Greek, it points more towards the element of, of having faith. One who has faith, is faithful, is filled with faith. And so a fruit of God's Spirit <laughs> is being filled with with faith. And so I think it's important for us to think about how do we how do we define faith and what does it mean to be filled with right. faith? Yes, this is like a new members class at a church. <laughs> right? Cuz no, this is good though. We're getting into some words we throw around casually. Yeah, right, right. Well, come on, come on teachers, cuz I I think I think when I hear faith, faithful, I think of trust commonly as people think of that as kind of like Trust, but like loyalty was the one that we started with. But I think that is still a popular understanding of faith is this kind of like loyalty, um, a way we live that is loyal, uh, trusting of God's promise. Right. But is is there more to it than that? Mm -hmm. Well, I yeah, I think so. I mean, I think. Sometimes, too, if we take that translation down the road of thinking about loyalty or dependability or someone who's just so faithful, often we we can inadvertently confuse faith with absolute certainty or or um, strong resolve in one's relationship with God, one's just just firm understanding of who God is. But I think when we actually think about faith biblically, we should be encouraged to think about it first as a gift, a gift that God gives. And second of all, that if we're talking about faith, then I think we also have to have a conversation about doubt. Because yes. we so mm -hmm. often talk about mm -hmm. someone's strong faith or their faithfulness as in that they are unshakable. You know, isn't Susie so faithful? She's just so faithful. And I think that um, that can convey kind of something that's just slightly off from maybe what the biblical, you know, definition would offer, if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. Because I think faith biblically is clinging to, is trusting in the promises of God, though we lack 
certainty, though we don't know the future, we still cling to and (laughs) trust. Mm-hmm. So I think the earliest understanding I hear of that then in the Bible, usually like the first story that sticks out to me is in Genesis of uh, Abraham's faith in terms of being told he's to leave his home. He's he needs to go. He needs mm-hmm. to go to a place where I'll tell you. So he mm-hmm. doesn't know where he's going. But the faith is I don't think it's a doubtless faith at all. No. My guess is he's walking this whole way. Like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um but it's sort of that that kind of openness, willingness to be. C- can it be like a, a accepting of the fact that I don't know this? Um, faith isn't certainty. Faith might be more appropriately understood as like uh, confidence in the midst of uncertainty. Right. You know, like an assurance found even in uncertainty. Well, absolutely. And when you when you look at it in Hebrews, actually talks about the faith of Abraham in Hebrews 11, right? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, right? Or the right. confidence in things that are hoped for, right? It, uh, so, yeah. So, it, it's hoping for something, even when you don't see evidence of it around you right now. But it, there's also something with faith that I think is uh, an action moving forward, right? That, that you're not just standing there hoping, but you're living out as if knowing that it's going to happen, right? I mean, there's a right. verb involved with that. Yeah, the story that comes to mind is out of Exodus, and it's with Moses. You know, the people have been led out of slavery in Egypt, and they're, they're in the desert now. The people become thirsty. They're they're without water for a number of days and weeks, and they start complaining to Moses. Everyone is looking to Moses to solve their problem. And we see Moses praying to God, talking to God, saying, God, you know, these people are going to stone me to death. What should I do? And God gives Moses a word that says, take the staff that you struck in the Nile Go to a place I will show you, and there you will strike a rock, and from the rock water will flow for the people to drink. And what's interesting in that story is that God tells Moses to bring some of the elders with him. That's a little part we could just skip over, but I think it's significant because here, all of the people up until this point are looking to Moses. They're they're placing blame on him. Why can't we go back to Egypt? Even though we were enslaved, at least we had water. Moses, though, is going to God, is is putting his faith in God to provide. And then God says, bring these elders with you so that they can see how I'm going to provide so that they will know this isn't about you being faithful. This isn't about you being loyal or dependable because your loyalty and your dependability is in question with the people. So God... God does something then that gives them a glimmer of hope to have trust, not in Moses, but in God. Right. As they watch, you know, the water gushing from the rock and then the people are, you know, filled and they have something to drink. If this fruit of the spirit is about our loyalty or dependability or our faithfulness, as we often interpret it, then it's totally lacking. Mm -hmm. And so once again, I think like the theme is, how is this a fruit of who God is? And is this a gift that God then gives us? 
It has to be about trust in God and not in ourselves. So faithfulness absolutely sounds like it could be understood as sort of like the state of mind, right? A level of understanding or an intellectual exercise. But then we get into the physical expressions of faithfulness, right? That are ways that betray our trust in God. So um, when I think of faithfulness, I don't think of it as just like this idea of I believe this, when I think of faithfulness as I've seen it, it's, I mean, it's Mother Teresa, right? It's the woman who, like, when you hear her story and you hear about, like, the depression, the great sadness she experienced in her life and all of her care, one would think, how did she not lose faith? And then you read these things and she struggled with depression and doubt. But faithfulness still works even in doubt and sadness and deep concerned about how are we going to heal all the ills of the world? I mean, all of her work she does, her faithfulness was revealed in every single bit of care she extended because that was living into the promise, right? That was, that was living in response to the gift. If God says all will be healed, she knew in faith that was her job was to care, to heal, to put bandages on. And to me, when you see that, you're like, that's faith because faith is that kind of um, daring response, even though everything else seems to say, um, what's this for? How does this mm-hmm. serve your end? No, it does. The act itself is worthy. Do you remember, though, when it was revealed, it came out in the media a few years ago? I think it was Mother Teresa's journals or diaries or something yeah. came out that exposed this reality that Mother Teresa had had significant doubt in her life. Oh, Do you remember yes. that being in the news? Yes, and how, how many yeah. people yeah. how many people criticized her then? So she she received so much criticism from from various forms of Christianity and Christian people really? that were saying yeah, no, I remember reading tons of stuff about how Mother Teresa shouldn't be lifted up as this saint because, because there doubt. she lacked, no, because she lacked faith or she doubted oh. or she didn't believe. And I think that's a prime example of how when we view faithfulness as someone's, you know, the the state of their of their belief, the state of their assurance yeah. and certainty in who God is, then it always lets down. But with what you're saying, Alex, no, her faithfulness then, I think she embodied the fruit of the Spirit at a greater level because despite her doubt, despite in the midst of her uncertainty, she trusted that what she was doing, God was somehow a part of that. That's that's faithful. And that's real faith. I think that's profound. And one of the th- things is I was kind of putting stuff together that you were both saying was the first faithful act— is really God caring for the world and then God sending Christ in the flesh as we as we profess every week and as part of our tradition is that we profess that God becomes flesh. What does he do? Uh, as he walks on the earth, he heals, he touches people, he brings people into relationship, right? He heals that brokenness. God's act of faithfulness is to send Christ who shows us what that faithfulness looks like. That gift of faith is placed with us so that then we go and what do we do? We do like, uh, or we try to follow like what Mother Teresa did, where we uh, serve one another, where we bandage one another, right? We are living that same faithfulness that God showed to the world out of our own lives, right? So that, that faithfulness that God shows gives to us, we then live it out. There's this whole kind of continuity with faithfulness that starts and ends with God, I think. I, I just, I don't know, I just thought about that. 
Well, I, I think you're on. I think that that's a, a touchy thing, especially for us, all three of us being Lutherans, and I'm sure a lot of Lutherans listening to this. We put this difference between you know faith and works, you know, just right. uh, justified by faith apart from works. But um, I mean, we still have that faith without works is dead. You know, right, right. It, it's it's something to think about. Is where did this motivation that um, this seemed like limitless well of compassion exhibited by the saints in the past. Mother Teresa, the person who exemplified it so well in our recent memory, the faith compels that sort of action. That's yeah. that's the expression of it because in her head, she admittedly like struggles with it because like what human doesn't? I mean, let's go Martin Luther King Jr., right? It's not like he didn't fear. It's that he had faith in the face of it, which in, in I think... Uh, in secular culture would come off as, as, uh, courage, courage and faith. I, I get it. I understand it. And the only way that I can embody it is through this expression of it. So it's, it reveals itself in these people of just like incredible courage and like commitment to care that I just, we're all humbled by. I would hope, I'd hope we're humbled by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am. I, it's, it's, it's a motivator because you're just like, that's what, that's faithful because it moved beyond my thinking and moved beyond their thoughts and moved beyond their, um, frustrations and moved instead into like just courageous action. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about this primarily from the vantage point of considering our trust and our dependence on God, you know, as, as being faithful, right. as having faith. But then it, it does lead us to this element. I mean, think about, think about how we even use this in, you know, wedding liturgies. You know, we, we ask, we ask, a, you know, a couple to be faithful to him yeah. or to her as long yeah. as you both shall live. So there is this other element that I don't want to ignore, but I think that it has to be influenced by our trust and dependence in who God is and the promises of God. And so this idea of being faithful then, we so often think of as just being loyal to one another, but being faithful in a marriage (laughs) to your partner implies that you, you are staying true to the trust and the promises that you made that day. And that originates with the promises that God has made to you or to mm-hmm. that couple to be with you, to be merciful, to forgive you, to, to walk with you. So do we think about our then dependence and our loyalty from the vantage point of how can I then reflect the loyalty that God has expressed toward me? And mm-hmm. so it doesn't begin there, but I think we are led there. Yeah. <laughs> based oh, for off sure. of how God is loyal and faithful and shows up and doesn't abandon us and doesn't give up on us. God is so faithful to us. So when we think about this as a fruit of the spirit, we have to start with thinking about how does God embody this? So how does God embody faith? That's sort of a funny thing to think about because what God has just has faith in himself. Like we often think about faith as something we have in God. But God having faith and faithfulness means that God doesn't give up on us. And because of that, we cling to that promise and then live that out. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. I don't know. Well, I mean, we have these stories of God committing to the people. I'm not going to give up on the people, right? God's not going to give up on Israel in the Old Testament. Empty too, man. Right. God's not going to give up on humanity, right? So God shows God has faithfulness, is, is committed to us, right? 
I mean, I, th- I think that's ultimately what drives us. Uh, so I think it sounds funny to say God's faithful, but I think uh, the stories of Scripture and the covenants is about God's faithfulness, right? Oh, for sure. God's, yeah, God is faithful. That's a good one to say. That's just, that's a reminder because if we're expected to be faithful, we only know faith by what we have learned. And the only way we know something like of the Spirit comes from the Spirit. So I think that's something we should repeat and something we should remember is that God, it's not just us trying to please some, some sky dad. This is the one who whispered the cosmos into existence, who loves us, who came for us, to us, with us. That's faith, man. That's, that's an abiding commitment to us, you know? Um, and right. how do we respond to that? I, I think we do, we do a lot better when we look at God that way in terms of our faithfulness than starting from a place of, oh, God will be faithful if I'm faithful first. That, that doesn't work. That doesn't, it's ins- not, yeah. that's not inspirational at all. That's, that's fear of death that inspires us. That's fear. That motivates as opposed to a love, as opposed to a care. I mean, I know faithfulness because I see Lauren Halad show up on this call with a dreadful cough every week and faithfully (laughs) continues to podcast with us because I know he loves us. I know he does. And what you don't know is I have to play the Rocky montage for like five minutes before I get on. He pumps himself up. I had to pump myself up. Right. No, I think this is helpful. It's good. So a fruit of the spirit is when we see, um, I mean, no doubt, when we see people who we would say that is just faithful, then what we're seeing is somebody who is most certainly exhibiting the traits of spiritedness. The spirit is with them. The Holy Spirit's upon them because they've got that kind of, um, whether it be perseverance, whether it be like a commitment, a loyalty that makes no sense by the world's standards. Why would someone like Mother Teresa just keep doing that when it did seem like there will never not be someone in need? You're going to be putting on bandages to people forever. And that just meant she kept applying them. That meant she kept washing them. That meant she kept being with and for people. And that's that's the Holy Spirit, I think. That's the only explanation for that that strength, that courage, uh, commitment. It's It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Cool, cool. I think we nailed it, fellas. That's all I have to say about faithfulness. That's it. That's all. <laughs> That's and it. I, I don't know if I got more to say about it. These fruits <laughs> of the Spirit are getting more challenging as we go on. I have a sneaking suspicion we repeat ourselves on this podcast. So to all our listeners, sorry. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? What I'm aware of is even as we repeat ourselves, it all goes back to God. And I just find that to be a really helpful thing because – Again, I, I know we've probably said it before, but it's helpful to know that these fruits of the Spirit don't originate from me, that they come from outside of myself. It's because of God that I'm able to do them. And that, that to me, is really helpful to put everything in perspective. Right. It's not something we can claim as like an asset that we receive like, well, for me, I learned it from my parents. You know, it's like, yeah, you did. They right. got it from God, too. Right. There is no monopoly on wisdom, compassion, or care. And when we start saying like, oh, it's something we have, then we turn a fruit of the spirit into some sort of uh, secret revealed knowledge that only comes from this behavior. No, God gives it. God offers it. It's a gift. Well, right. Because sometimes we'll, we'll start playing this. Oh, you know, that Alex hoops, 
he really has the gift of faithfulness, right? Oh, does and, he and, and we'll just start, you know, we'll start doing that. And I'm like, well, you know, it's less about Alex, but it's more about God's faithfulness and how Alex has paid attention to that over right. the years. Maybe, right. maybe. No, uh, for the record, no one's ever said Alex really did pay attention real good. <laughs> Um, if you were to tell that to my second grade teacher, she'd laugh at you until you died. Like, just no way did that kid Shout pay out attention. to Alex's second grade teacher if they listen. I don't know. Hi! Just... No, it was first grade. Second grade actually might have believed that. First grade. <laughs> <laughs> they alternate, you know? Yeah, well, there you go. Anyways, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for your faithfulness in terms of... Uh, I mean, really, you're sticking with this thing, and we thank you for that. Uh, let us know uh, if you got some uh, topic ideas. If you'd like to be on the program, share this with people. If you got somebody, you're like, you know what? You're faithful. Let me tell you a little podcast that talks about how great you are. Ba-boom. Link. But uh, anything else? Any shout-outs we need to give? That's it. Do you want to give a sh- shout-out to Paul Herbs? Who Herbs is and Spices! Mo- Yes. Hey, Congrats, thanks for sh- herbs. sharing and listening. But Lauren, you want to tell a little bit of news? He's moving up, moving somewhere. Yeah, he's moving to uh, he's leaving uh, Lutheran Immigration Refugee Services. That was our guest we had on that helped us to uh, think about the refugee resettlement crises. He is moving to Wartburg Theological Seminary as their vice president of advancement. So he's going to be doing uh, mission uh, support raising and and raising funds for theological education. So we wish you well, Paul. And um, we know that you're going to do a great, great job at the seminary. Off to Wartburg School of Wizardry and Magic. I didn't know that was real. That's awesome. I thought that was just in the movies. But now we know. I'm just kidding, Wartburg grads. Just kidding. Don't act like you don't like it. Anyways, (laughs) bye. We love you all. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait. What are we supposed to say? To hell with a hot dish. To hell with a hot dish. To hell with that hot dish. (laughs)